0: We are actually concluding a sermon series that we started several weeks ago called The God of the Christmas Story. And so what we've been doing over the last several weeks is looking at the Christmas story but trying to figure out what do we notice about our God through this? What do we see about our Heavenly Father as we examine and study out a very familiar passage of the Christmas story? And so we've been looking at just the first two chapters from the Gospel, uh, Matthew. And so in the first one, Matthew chapter 1 through 1 through 12, we saw how the God of the Scriptures is the God of hope. And we saw that through the genealogy of Jesus. Then we moved forward and we looked at verses 13 through 25, and we saw how God is the God of mystery by bringing about the birth of his son through the Virgin Mary. And then last week we talked about the God of invitation, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and how God, when he brings the Magi, really is inviting all of mankind to an eternal relationship with him. And today we'll conclude by finishing out chapter 2, and we'll see how God is a God of provision. A God of provision. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, we thank you so much For this opportunity for most of the OC Church to come together on this Christmas Eve and be able to worship you. God, we've been encouraged just to see friends that we haven't seen in a long time. To be able to sing songs about the birth of your son Jesus. And God, to be reminded that you provide in the waters. Father, it was so encouraging to see Josephine get baptized yesterday. Father, as she has entered a new life, and we thank you because it was Jesus who allowed us all to have an opportunity at eternal life. Father, I pray that you will speak. Father, it's not about anything else except you. May you speak to every soul. Father, put to the side any distraction that can get in the way from hearing the message you have. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, again, provision means to provide says we see if God is the God of provision means God is the God who provides for his people. So let's get into the scriptures. Matthew chapter 2, starting off in verse 13. And those in the coastline, south and central ministries, I know I haven't had a chance to speak in a long time to you. Or maybe you've never heard me speak. So let me remind you of something real quickly. That if we want the next several minutes to go well, I need you to be fully engaged. And I need a couple of amens. Oh, my man, what's going on? It's been a minute. All right, so we need some amens. We need some hallelujahs. You know what I'm saying? We need some come on and all that good stuff. We just don't need to hear, get off the stage. That's the last thing you need to say. All right, if you do that, the Lord will strike you where you sit. Okay, all right. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. It says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. He said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem. And its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was fulfilled, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping in Greek mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. Let's stop right there. Hopefully you already caught it, but we see the God of provision on full display in this passage, and we're going to break it down here a little bit. And so in verses 13 and 14, we see that God provides provision through providing protection from Herod. Again, provision means to provide, and so this God of provision provides in many ways and provides many different things. And the first off, we see that God provides protection. Herod wants to kill the child, Jesus. And so he tells him to move and to escape. And he's warned in a dream. We also see God provides direction for the family. Hey, going over to Egypt. Later on, going over to Israel. Now, what's interesting really cool about e- Egypt is that, you know, Egypt actually had a large population of Jewish people. And so this would actually be the destination that many Jews would go to whenever the nation faced trouble or trials. Many of them would would, would leave town and they would go to Egypt. And so there were large colonies. And in fact, one scholar said there was probably at least a million people in the land of Egypt, a million Jews in the land of Egypt. And so it's interesting. God says, go to Egypt. You got a bunch of people there. By the time you arrive... You'll fit in, you'll be okay with your newborn, and you'll probably have a safer, not safer, but a quicker way to get on your feet and provide a way of living. Then he says, all right, I want you to go to Nazareth. Now, we know from the Gospel of Luke that that's Joseph's hometown, so now you can go back. Don't go back to Bethlehem, but go on over to the area of Galilee in Nazareth, hometown. You can probably get quickly back on your feet and be able to provide for your family. So he provides direction. We also see that God provides resources for the trip. If you remember, the Magi, I know some of you guys weren't with us last week, but most of us are very familiar with the passage. But the Magi came and they provided some gifts. Let's go and look at it again. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, again, we understand there's a lot of spiritual implications and symbolism that took place in these gifts. But guess what? They were practical means of transportation. And by the time they get there, guess what? Hey, man, I got some gold. I got some frankincense. I can man, can I get, let's, let's barter, let's exchange so I can provide for my wife and my newborn. Well, the Lord provides. I'm sure Joseph was like, thank you, Magi. Because a brother needed that coin. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all are like, yeah, thank you for that, that bonus this month, or thank you just for that extra check that came in. We also see that God provides reassurance to trust him. He provided it then, but as Matthew writes this letter for this Jewish Christian audience and that we are enabled and benefited to be able to read ourselves, we are reminded that God provides reassurance that we can trust him. The Bible's filled with many scriptures saying, trust God, do not fear. And we see in the passages here that Matthew decides, you know what, let's take some of these passages. We don't have enough time to break down the prophecies and how peculiar they really are. But he provides these scriptures to say, hey, you know what? God has been present the whole time. God's had a plan the whole time. God's been inviting his people the whole time. And God's been providing and still provides the whole time. Again, we see the God of hope. We see the God of mystery, we see the God of invitation, and we see the God of provision as we examine the Christmas story. And so God is providing all these things, and here's the great thing about it, brothers and sisters, is that God is still the God of provision today. He didn't stop all of a sudden 2,000 years ago, I'm not going to provide anymore. I did enough, even though he could and that would still be sufficient. But he's still the God of provision today. That means he provides for his people now. And he will provide. God provides an escape route from danger in our lives. He'll provide some shelter and protection from evil that is lurking in our lives. He'll provide direction for our life support, means, and necessities to survive and that will strengthen our faith in him. Protection, direction, resources, reassurance, often seen and experienced today in different ways. Sometimes the miraculous. Sometimes it's just simple divine methods of God. All available for you and me this hour. Let's break down a couple of these. Church, are you still with me? God provides through His Word. Think about it protection, resources, reassurance, direction for our lives, help, evidence to trust Him, all found in the Scriptures. Also, through His Holy Spirit, the power, the strength, and direction. To make things clear, although the Holy Spirit does it in different ways on different occasions. He also provides through his church. God working through relationships, advice, and tangible help, intangible resources. Have you ever been helped by anybody in the church? If you say no, yes you have. How'd you even get here today? Okay, somebody in the church. I'm sure the Holy Spirit didn't direct you here. Maybe he did, but I doubt that's. You see, God provides through his word, through his spirit, and through his church. So what does this mean for you and me today? It means we can trust God. It means we can trust God. We can trust God's plan and directions for our lives that are found in Scripture or that are directly designed for us in our lives. God's provided a plan And we can trust his plan to overcome evil and give eternal salvation through his son Jesus and through his return someday. We can trust his promises. We can trust that following his word will benefit our lives, benefit our relationships, and benefit those around us. We can trust that. And so what does that mean we should do then? Well, I think it's simple. Trust and follow. The response to the God of provision is to trust him and to follow his direction for our lives. To trust that he'll provide and then to follow his will. But see, we have to learn to place our trust in God's protective timing and care. And so we might have it for a moment, but we need to be reminded of it. I got into an accident last Wednesday, I know, man, you telling me. It appears that I'm at fault. But I've been struggling every single day, and I'm like, I don't know if I was at fault. Even this morning, I was like, Karina, I think he cut in front of me, but I'm not going to get into the whole story, because then I'll start struggling, okay, and I might just go in some other place spiritually, okay? (laughs) So now we have this hassle of dealing because now it's a total loss. Raul knows. I call Raul, like, man, I'm in trouble. And so it's a total loss. And so now here we are, and I'm, I'm starting to fret. I'm looking, like, what should we do? I'm asking Kenny Barber for advice the other day. And, and, and so I'm there, and Karina, she's like, God's gonna provide. On, Karina. She's like, He's always provided for us a car. I was like, You're right. That's true. That's right. Okay. And it helped me. I did say a hallelujah. I was like, you know what? God provided this car. He provided that car, that car, that car. Man, God has been, man, he's got a track record. Why am I tripping? But see, we need to learn this. Again, we might have it for a moment, right? The problem is, and maybe if you're like me, is that we can easily forget and then we doubt which leads to missed opportunities, which usually lead to missed blessings in our lives, which can often lead to mistakes that we make, sin or damage and or damage to our lives or those around us because we didn't trust him enough. We decided I'll make this decision. I won't seek input because I know what's good. I have a track record. And then what happens is regrets. But if we can go back to the God of the Christmas story, if we can remember he's a God of provision, that we can remember, recall, and stand firm in our trust that he will provide. But then we have to follow his lead and direction. It's a two-parter. We have to follow God's direction. Just think about this. God gave direction to Joseph and Mary. He gave them a plan, but then he gave them some direction. So Joseph and Mary, their responsibility and their role was to do what? To trust him, but not trust him by staying put, by actually following what he said. Just imagine if they decided, we trust you, but we aren't going to follow what you said. How would that Christmas story turn out? I don't know if me and you would be here this morning. And so what do we learn is trusting is good, but it's not true trust until we actually make a step in following. And so what we learn, and this hit me as I was studying this out, is that this, is that revelation requires participation, when God reveals something to us through his word, through his people, through the Holy Spirit, it requires you and me to act upon it. Just to receive it and do nothing with it is useless and pointless. So when God reveals his eternal will for our lives on a lifestyle of holiness, we have to trust him but then actually follow through. When God starts to reveal things for your life individually, you got to trust him but then follow his Direction. Because when God provides direction, then the protection and help we have, we experience. You see, revelation means nothing without participation. I'm sure a lot of you, especially coming from different parts of town, you probably used GPS this morning, didn't you? Look, she's nodding her head like, yeah, I sure did. I've never been over here before. She's like, Placentia is that in Orange County? You know what I'm saying? And so you used... GPS, just imagine if you use GPS and you decide, I'm gonna turn it on, but I'm not gonna follow it. I'm gonna have that that screen on, but I'm just gonna go the way I wanna go. Where would you end up? Who knows where? You might end up in Long Beach, Riverside, Mexicali, who knows? But here's the thing. Here's what happens, brothers and sisters. We do this on a consistent basis. God reveals something, we turn it on, but yet we don't follow it. Yeah. Then we end up going, man, I'm lost in my life. Spiritually, I'm off. This didn't go well. Man, this is causing damage and a mess. But the direction the spiritual GPS was on the whole time. We claim to believe it and follow it. But we decided to veer into our own path. You see, revelation requires participation. It requires us to do something. But that's when we experience the God of provision. We experience it. We see it. We testify with our own lives once we actually trust and follow his direction. This is why I need time in God's Word. This is why you need time in God's Word, so you can have an understanding of God's will for your life. This is why we need personal devotional time in prayer with God, so His Spirit can minister to us. This is why we need relationships in the church, because sometimes we're not listening, and we need God, and God's saying, look, I'm going to speak through my children to help you out. You see, God's provision is experienced when we trust and follow. Let, let, let's go ahead and let's come in for a landing here. Let's get real practical. Those in the north know we like action steps over here. And so I want to give us some action steps this week. You can practice this, you can put this into practice in the next 24 hours, okay? And, and some will be a little bit longer. But here's, here's the first one Go ahead and thank God for His provision in your life. Yeah. Spend some time in the next 24 hours thanking God for providing. When you start off, you, you, you'll end up going down a longer list than you imagined. You start thinking, I'll just give him a couple minutes, and if you start to really think in providing, you're going to go down a path, and it's a good path. And you'll start to appreciate the God of provision. You start to be reminded that God will provide this week. Second, go ahead and follow His will in that one area of your life. You know that area. You know that area. You know that area that God's been trying to minister to you, he's been trying to say something, but you've been hesitant, you've been resisting, like, I don't know if I really want to turn on the GPS, or I don't know if I really want to listen to it right now. I want to encourage you to make a decision that you will follow through in his direction in your life. Whatever that, that area is, maybe it's being humble, forgiving or asking for forgiveness, sharing the love of Jesus with a family member. Prioritizing God first over school or work in the new year. Whatever it is, follow his will in that area in your life. You know, our Heavenly Father is a God of provision. And we will experience his provision when we trust him and follow his direction. We're going to take communion right now. This is where we have the emblems, the bread and the juice. They represent Jesus' body and blood that was sacrificed so that we could have salvation. And we remember as we look at the God of the Christmas story is that he is the God who provided Jesus to be our redeemer and savior. God provided Jesus to be the example on how to live. And God provided Jesus to atone for our sins and give us eternal life. Let's close out with a very familiar passage in John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The God of provision. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for sending your son. God, you provided salvation through your son. You provided atonement for our sins through your son. You provided forgiveness Through your Son. You provided hope. Through your Son. You provided peace. Through your Son. You provided joy. Through your Son. You provided the ultimate example. Of love through your Son. You provided the church. Through your Son. You provided us the Holy Spirit. Through your Son. You provided us a new. Resurrected life. Through your Son. We thank you for your methods. We thank you for your decision. We thank you for your character. We thank you that we can have an eternal relationship with you. Thank you, not just for Christmas events and celebrations, but thank you for Jesus being born. And God, we thank you for being a God of hope, being a God of mystery, being the God of invitation, and being the God of provision. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.